and Merry Christmas, everybody. All right, my name is Jocelyn Cavadini. I'm the children's director here at the Mill Church, for those of you who don't know me. And at this time, I have a special story to read for the children, and I would like them to come up here and sit on the floor so they can hear the story. So come on up, kids. Come on, fifth grade and under. As long as babies are welcome, little ones are welcome. Come on up, guys. Oh, and hey, everybody, when they come up, notice how gorgeous they are. Look at you all in your red. You all match. Oh, it's so pretty. Hello, guys. Hi, Leo. Hi, Elliot. You can come sit up here. And the seat's open. Hi, Carmen. Come on up, buddy. All right. Yeah, that's all right. I've got some special things you get to do with this book. Boys and girls, this story is called One Night in Bethlehem. And it is, says it's a touch and feel book. Does anybody know what a touch and feel book is? Isabel? It is a book that you get to touch. And sometimes there's like some fuzzy things you get to feel on there, right? And Bella, I'll show you something special in that box in just a minute. Because there are a lot of you, and some of you are sitting far away, we're not going to all be able to do the touch and feel. Austin, can you see? Come and see the book. So there are some special things in this book that I have to share with some of you. If you are sitting nicely and quietly, I will choose you. Okay, so this story is called One Night in Bethlehem. Each time I see the manger scene, I try with all my might to dream of what I might have done if I'd been there that night. If you can't see it on, my, on the book, look up on the screen. Do you see the pictures up there too? Okay. Yeah, here's the next page. If I had been a little lamb, I would have done my best to cuddle baby Jesus so he'd keep warm in his rest. Now, what's the part on here that we can touch and feel on the story? Wesley? The sheep. The sheep. And you know what? I'm not going to be able to have you all come up and touch the sheep, but in my special box here, can I show you what I have? I have a big sheep. And Wesley, since you answered that one, would you like to hold the sheep? Would you like to? Dylan, you can bring it over to him. Look at that. And Bella, I'll have one for you in a minute too, okay? If I had been a spotted cow and mooed so loud and clear, I would have echoed through the hills that Jesus Christ is here. Can we all moo like cows? Nice job. And in my box, I have a cow for somebody to hold. So do I have a volunteer to hold the cow? Would anyone like to hold this? Zane, you'd like to? Not Zane, just, no, Zane. I can't tell when your hood's up, pal. That's silly. I would have sung. Wesley, would you share the sheep with her? Thanks, buddy. She really wants to hold that. I would have sung the loudest of all the angels in the sky so all the creatures down below might hear as they pass by. So on this page, the angel is the touch and feel character. And I'm wondering if there is anybody sitting down there who would like to put on an angel halo. Would you like to, Granite? No? Isabel, come on up. And how about some angel wings? Do I have another volunteer to do the angel wings? Eva, come on up. All right. And if very carefully, um, hey, Eva, come here. I'll help you put them on. 
And Isabella and Eva, if you want to stand on the stage, but watch out for the cords, stand right behind Emery. You can stand up and show everybody the angel stuff that you have on. Would you like to stand up there, Isabel? All right. Here's the next page. I would have run the quickest of all the shepherds on the hill so that I'd be the first to see the baby sleeping still. I need a shepherd now. Granite, come on up so you can be the shepherd. What, Granite? What thing? There is a spot to feel, but guess what? That's such a small piece, and there are a lot of you. So look what I have for a shepherd to wear. Is somebody going to come and be the shepherd? All right, come on up, Tyler. This is like a burlap that a shepherd might wear. If I had been the shining star, I could have been the one to lead the wise men by my light to God's most precious son. All right. Carbon, would you come and hold the star? Would you like to hold one too, Granite? Would you like to hold a star? Elliot, will you come and grab it, Elliot? You can come on up. And if I'd been a wise man, I would have known just what to bring. I'd offer my best teddy bear to snuggle with the king. And I think it looks like Bella is ready to hold. Yeah, you're right. That is a touch spot, isn't it? And Bella can hold the teddy bear, the nice soft teddy bear. There you go. I wish everyone could see you, Bella. You're awfully cute. Although I wasn't there that night or near the manger stall, I still can spread the news about God's greatest gift of all. I still can hoot and holler and sing praises to his name and shout, I love you, Jesus. I'm so very glad you came. And that part is for all of us to shout. Let's try, say it after me. I love you, Jesus. I'm very glad you came. Nice job. Do you guys like that book? That was fun, wasn't it? Cool. Thank you, all my helpers. Okay, boys and girls, here's one thing I, I've got an announcement to tell you. That when you leave, so first we're going to do a couple more things at church after you sit by mom and dad. Then when you leave on the tree, I have a candy cane for you. But it's not just from me. Do you guys know who Mrs. Leslie is? You know who she is? Mrs. Leslie helped put them all together. So when you leave, you can take a candy cane off the tree before you go back to sit by mom and dad. If you have one of the props, if you have an angel part or a teddy bear, please come put it back in the bucket. All right, guys, go quietly sit back by mom and dad. Let's uh, tell our kids how much uh, we appreciate them by giving them a round of applause for listening so intently. If you're visiting tonight uh, for perhaps the first time, I want to welcome you. My name is Zach. My uh, wife, Shannon, is downstairs watching perhaps some of your kids in the cry room, and uh, she sends her greetings to you as well. So Merry Christmas from the Burris family to yours. If we don't get to connect with you tonight, I tried to shake as many hands as I could, but I trust your uh, get-togethers with your families are going to be most meaningful, and I just want to extend to you uh, a welcome. If this is your first time here, and you would be kind enough uh, to uh, fill out a welcome card, we would love to, to have a record of your attendance. There's a spot on there for your social security. No, no I'm just kidding. We just love to know who is here. So if you're, if you're here for the first time and be nice enough to do that, that would be awesome. 
If you have any questions about the church, I'll just tell you briefly, every church that you see, every steeple that you see, uh, every altar that you see was started at some point by somebody who had a vision for a community. And our story started in 2009. We are 10 years old. This past September, we celebrated. We, uh, several years ago, bought property on State Highway 97. We have been very, very fortunate to enjoy this lease, this lease space for a number of years now. Uh, but we hope, we hope that roughly this time next year that we will be moving into a brand new space with twice as much square footage as we have here. We have twice as much space downstairs as we do in this room. So four times what we have in this room over there on the highway. And uh, we're hoping to break ground in a little over five months. Won't that be exciting in May once the frost comes out? I want to give you, in the event that you are unfamiliar or unaware, just a quick recap of our last two years together. I sent this out via email in this flyer. And I know you can't read this, so we're going to zoom in to various parts of it. But here's the timeline. October 2017, the challenge. Members and attenders at the Mill Church during a study on the life of Abraham were challenged to be bold in generosity over 26 months in order to leave a legacy for our children's children. In November 2017, pledges, the Mill Church people responded with pledges and expected giving above 830000 to be used as down payment on a new church on State Highway 97. And then in the spring of 2019, we were pre-approved uh, from a local lending uh, a bank uh, for $1.7 million in financing in order to fund the up to $2.5 million project. So where are we at now as of Christmas Eve 2019? 91% of the pledges have come in. We have $753,000 in hand, saving up for that down payment. That is 91%. Of, of what we need to break ground in May. So we are so close. We are almost there. And we're just going to pray for this at end of year. Uh, we're going to pray that our bold initiative finishes strong. We're going to pray that uh, we'll have robust participation by uh, all folks who attend here. We're going to pray for completed pledges. We're even going to pray for unexpected surprises. Uh, we had some of those last year. We had... Uh, a gentleman who walked in said he wanted to meet with me. Typically when that happens, somebody wants to complain about one of my sermons. So I reluctantly sat down at the table, and this gentleman said, I don't even attend church here, but I believe in what you're doing for the Stratford community. And he wrote us a check for $80,000. That was 80000 more than we uh, anticipated. It surprised us, and a couple weeks later came back in and wrote another one for $20,000. So $100,000 that was unexpected so we're praying that that might happen again and then also pray that we're going to give sacrificially and I just want to remind you of how we're finishing off the year this year the ways to give our cash check in the offering by Sunday December 29th 2019 that's tonight or this coming Sunday online at the mill.church slash give and check in the mail postmarked by December 
31. If you're visiting tonight, this is not information for you. This is information for the people who call this home. So we hope that you will enjoy the service tonight with, with no commitment whatsoever and that it's a blessing to you. But I did want to uh, let everybody know an update if you have not heard already. And a new update that I have for you tonight is we are expecting in roughly two weeks from now a letter of intent from a soon-to-be commercial child care owner-director. So it is uh, being communicated to you now for the first time that we have all but locked in, okay, just like Seattle had all but locked in beast mode back onto their playoff roster uh, last week and this week locked them in. I'm saying we've almost locked in uh, Stratford's first commercial child care provider in our building on State Highway 97, which is going to respond to an enormous need in this community. And so we're thrilled. That was kind of a lackluster applause, to be honest. One person on the third row celebrated that. That's a big deal. And uh, we're, we're excited. So multi-purpose facility, what is used for our kids on Sunday morning will be Monday through Friday, a infant to a four-year-old child care center. Uh, We couldn't be more elated. We're pumped about it. There's going to be an indoor play center with community hours. That also, I believe, is a first in Stratford. You no longer have to go to the mall in Marshfield to let your kids play. You can drop them off uh, weekdays for an hour, community hour at uh, the Mill Church. So I'm excited about that too. All right. Well, I'm going to share with you something on my heart. We have taken the last two Sunday mornings to look at popular Christmas carols that we sing because, unfortunately, they do become all too familiar uh, when we sing them year after year and their meaning gets lost on us because we hear it incessantly on the radio. And so tonight is the third and final installment of the Christmas Carol series. I don't know about you, but quite frankly, some Christmas songs don't make a whole lot of sense. So we need to explain them. And a couple weeks ago, uh, Levi, he kind of picked up on this, our eight-year-old. He said to me, Dad, do you, know that, do you know that verse, and we wish you a Merry Christmas, that says, bring me some figgy pudding? And I said, yeah, I know that verse. And he said, you know, that's rude. I said, what do you mean that's rude? And he said, well, bring me some figgy pudding. Like, you can't just tell somebody, bring me some figgy pudding. That's just not a nice thing to say. That's bad manners, he says. And so Levi is also under the impression that if you have friends who won't go until they get some, that they're not your real friends. Okay, so you need to get more friends. So that's an example of a Christmas song that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's not a very charitable tune. It's kind of selfish, if we're honest. And my role tonight is to take just a few minutes and explain a carol that we have already sung called Hark the Herald Angel Sing. Hark, pretty old word. I don't know that I've heard it in any of your vocabularies, okay? Uh, We don't use it much anymore. It just means listen. Listen up. I'm about to tell you something important the author of the song is saying. Hark, listen. The writer of the the carol is, is, is telling us you're about to miss something. Pay attention. 
And then he puts his message in the mouth of a shepherd. God does. Shepherds were the only ones to actually see the angels in this story. As the Bible tells, there are some things about what they saw that I want to share with you tonight because they're overwhelmed by a few things, really, which help us understand the true meaning of Christmas on that occasion where the angels angels appeared. First, The shepherds were amazed that the angels chose to appear to them and not some other people group, not some other occupation. I explained this last Sunday um, as we were looking at another carol with some similar content, Um, but the shepherds had to be the least likely people on earth to receive an angelic announcement. Why? Because they were of the lowest class, because they were generally unskilled laborers. Shepherding was a job given to kids. That's why we see so many songs written with the words, shepherd boys, because if you were a fully grown man, it was thought that you would have already outgrown the role, the competency needed for shepherding. It was the equivalent of playing video games in your basement at age 40 all day long, all week long. Uh, And shepherds, furthermore, didn't smell good. Uh, The shepherd in your nativity at home, if you look tonight, probably is very handsome. He probably has blush cheeks. He probably seems as though he smells like Old Spice, okay? Not the case with the biblical shepherds. Uh, They spent time with animals. And the reason why we explained was that God appeared to shepherds, that the angels came to shepherds, uh, was because while Christmas time is joyful for many of you and bright and and calm for many of you, um, for others, it reminds them, Christmas does, of how disfigured functional their family is or how disappointing their life is or of how alone they are or of how addicted they are how concerned they are about the well-being of their kids, how troubled their marriage is, and so forth and so on. And so what I want you to see is that if that's you, you are the ones to whom the angels would have appeared if the baby were to come today. They would have appeared to you. They would have made the announcement to you tonight. Because if you're coming into the 2019th Christmas thinking that your life is far from awesome, please be assured that the shepherds came into the first Christmas thinking that their lives were far from awesome. And the author acknowledges you and invites you to hark, to listen something that he has to say. And because his shepherds were amazed that the angels were talking to them, I hope you are amazed that God is talking to you tonight in your mess, in your shortcomings, in your failures. Second, the shepherd 
must have been amazed at all the celebration going on in regard to the birth of a baby. I mean, what's the deal here? Glory to God in the highest, the author writes. In other words, God deserves the greatest praise for the birth of this baby, the greatest of all praise. Glory to God in the highest, which is pretty remarkable if you think about it. In comparison to other things, the angels, the messengers, the servants of God had seen. Think about it. They witnessed creation. God spoke a word, and, and all of a sudden, things started just, just spinning and whirling and, and, and being flung about into motion. Let there be light, he said, and, and millions of galaxies a- appeared, even ones that science has yet to discover. And astronomers tell us that there are uh, three trillion million stars. That's three with 24 zeros after it. That's how many stars there are. I'll admit that after a while, big numbers start to escape us. We can't really comprehend. We hear things like million and billion and trillion, and they they all just run together in our heads. So see if this helps. One million seconds ago, one million seconds ago was Sunday, December 13th. That's about a week and four days ago. A billion seconds ago, that was a million, a billion seconds ago would be April 15th, 1984. That happens to be when the very first CD player hit the market. Remember those? It it is also when the Jedi had just returned for the first time. Okay, 1984. Um, How many of you in this room are not even a billion seconds old yet? Hey, quite a few of you, I'm sure. Um, so, a trillion seconds ago, are you ready for this? A trillion seconds ago was 31,688 years ago. That's how big a trillion is compared to a billion. 31,000, almost 32,000 years ago. And the scientists tell us that there's three million trillion stars in the sky of which our sun is a small star. And so the angels saw all of this. They saw this happen when God spoke and yet that's not what got God the highest praise. What got God the highest praise was the birth of a baby. The author writes, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. In other words, see God with flesh on him. See God become man. Hail the incarnate deity. We've talked about uh, when you eat chili con carne, it, it means chili with meat. This is God with meat, God with flesh, God with bones, God with a heartbeat. This is the incarnation. Pleased as man with men do dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. The greatest glory that God would ever display was not in creation. It was in the birth of a baby, his son Jesus Christ, among humans. 
And the shepherds thought, why would God do this? And Peter says that the angels are so amazed by God that they even long to look more deeply. He uses that, those words, long to look more deeply into the gospel. In other words, the baby who was God boggled the mind of angels. They could not comprehend the incarnation. Hail the son of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. The author saying, greater than the power that pours out from the earth's sun, God's power is here to put your life back together again. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them a second birth. The good news tonight, which we call the gospel, is that you and I were doomed. And the baby was sent to save us by the Father in heaven. The Son was sent to earth. And even under religious makeup, every one of us is a rebel that needs God. It may sound harsh, but have, haven't we all assumed that we know the best way to run our lives? Haven't we all preferred to make ourselves the center, to make everything orbit around us? It's called sin. It's called cosmic treason. It's a betrayal of the God who made it all. And the penalty for cosmic treason, the Bible says, is the penalty for sin, the wages of sin is death. And there are only two ways that that judgment or that curse can be resolved or lifted. The first is if we suffer for our sins eternally in a place that the Bible calls hell, eternally separated from God. That is a way that God's wrath subsides. Another way, and I would submit to you a better way, is that Jesus, the baby who became a man, absorbs death in our place instead of us. And so we do not have to die eternally. That was the cross. That was the baby as a, an adult dying in our place. That was the creator dying for the creation. It's a very popular thought today to believe you can call any number. You see this everywhere. You can call any number and get home. There's more than one way to heaven. Um, just just uh, what you feel is right. Um, it's, not what, it's not what the Bible says. 
It says salvation is found in no one else. There is only one name under heaven by which given among men that we must be saved. And it's the name of Jesus. And every other religion, uh, to my knowledge, teaches that we can save ourselves. That if our good works outweigh our, our bad works, we're in. If we help enough ladies cross the street... And if we give enough to United Way, we're there. And the Bible says salvation is found in no one else but Jesus. Jesus actually taught we cannot save ourselves. So he did. He saved us. If I can't swim and you're on the boat dock, and you have in one hand a lifesaver, and in the other hand, not like the kind that my kids enjoy eating, but the kind that would actually, you know, save me from drowning. And in the other hand, you had an anvil. And you asked me, which one, Pastor Zach, do you want me to throw you? The lifesaver or the anvil? Do you think I would say, ah, whichever you want. I'm flexible. I'm drowning, but I'm flexible. Just throw me one or the other. I'm going to want the one that's going to save me. And what I want to hear you tonight, what I want you to hear tonight is, is that the author said, hark. Listen, there is only one name that saves. And it's the person of, of Jesus Christ who loves you immensely. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him will not perish but will have what? Eternal life. That's the promise. It's available to us all. Third, the shepherds were amazed that they were chosen to announce it to other people. The stinky ones, the illiterate ones, were chosen to carry the message to the higher classes. I'll conclude with this. There was a man in the Old Testament. Uh, his name was Balaam. And, and Balaam was, was about to do something that God did not want Balaam to do. And so God sent an angel to stand right in his path. So he couldn't go where God didn't want him to go, but where he wanted to go. And he happened to be riding a donkey, and God did this. He sent the angel in such a way that Balaam could not see the angel, but who could see the angel? The donkey could see the angel. And so the donkey stopped in his tracks and wouldn't go any farther. And Balaam's trying to get the donkey to carry him where he can live outside of the will of God, outside of the way of God. And the donkey is seeing this angel and stopping. And so what does Balaam do? Balaam starts beating this donkey and saying, go. And being abusive and, and kicking in the heels or, or doing whatever you do to a donkey to get the donkey to go. 
And then God actually, this is how, how funny and outside of the box God is. God, this is in the Bible. God actually opened the mouth of the donkey. And he put his own words in the mouth of the donkey. And the donkey said, effectively, look, Jack, you better stop hitting me. Because there is an angel up there. And you know what? God spoke to shepherds in the New Testament. And farther back, he spoke to an ass in the Old Testament. I am not cursing. I am quoting from the, New, the King James Version. Okay? He spoke through a donkey. Now, here's my point. I don't know what family member, what neighbor has been telling you about Jesus. I don't know who invited you to church. I don't know what you may or may not have heard about me or the mill for that matter. I know in our first few years of existence, we were called the coffee church. Maybe that's what you've heard. I don't know what you've heard, but here's the point. Just because the messenger can be an ass at times does not mean that the message is not the truth. Hark. Listen tonight to the story of God's great love for you. God has been pursuing you. God has been speaking to you, trying to wake you up, trying to draw you back to himself. Would you just stop tonight for a moment and listen to the voice of God? Would you just quit beating up the messengers, whether it's verbally or in your mind or your heart, and let the rush and stress of the season fade away? And for just a moment tonight, would you put aside your objections to the story and just listen? For the next roughly six minutes, I'm going to read a story to you. Just listen. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. 
There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel said. God's chosen to bless you. You'll become pregnant and have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, and he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. But Mary asked the angel, how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of God will overshadow you and the baby born to you will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. While Mary was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break off the engagement so as not to disgrace her. And as he considered this, he fell asleep. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to go ahead and take Mary as your wife, for the child in her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Behold, the virgin will conceive a child, and she'll give birth to a son, and he'll be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. This prophecy from Isaiah 7 was given 700 years before Jesus was born. Joseph woke up. He did exactly what the angel had commanded him. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born. And at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout Rome and all turned to their own towns in the empire to register. Because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he went to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled from the village of Nazareth in Galilee and took with him Mary, his wife, who was great with child. And there came the time for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to a son and laid him in a manger. That night, there were shepherds in the fields guarding their flocks. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were frightened, but the angels reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. A Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, 
in the city of David, and this is how you will recognize him. You'll find the baby lying in a manger and wrapped in swaddling clothes, and suddenly the armies of heaven were there, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. The angels, they left, and the shepherds said to each other, Come, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they ran to the village, and there they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger, and they told everyone what had happened. And all who heard their story were astonished. But Mary while they ran praising and glorifying, kept these things in her heart. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem during the reign of King Herod. And at the same time came wise men from the east to Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star that arose and we've come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by their questioning, as was Jerusalem. So he called a meeting of the chief priests and teachers of law. Where do the prophets say the Messiah will be born, he asked. In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judea, you're not just a lowly village of Judah, for a ruler will come to you who will be the shepherd for my people. This prophecy is found in Micah 5 and 2 Samuel 5, both written 700 years before Jesus was born. So Herod sent a message to the wise men asking them to come and see him. And at this meeting, he learned the exact time when they'd first seen the star. And he told them, why don't you go to Bethlehem? Search diligently for the child, and when you find the baby, come and tell me that I may go and worship him too. After this meeting, the wise men went on their way, and once again the star appeared to them to guide them to Bethlehem, and it went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house where the child and his mother were. And they fell down and they worshipped. And they opened their treasure chests and gave him gold and frankincense and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went another way. Because God warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mom. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod will try and kill the child. And so that very night under the cover of darkness, Joseph left with Mary and the baby and they stayed in Egypt until Herod's death, this to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, out of Egypt have I called my son. 
Herod was furious. When he learned the wise men had outwitted him, he sent soldiers to kill all of the baby boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years and under because the wise men had told him that the star had first appeared to them about two years prior. Then later when Herod died, God's angel appeared again to Joseph in a dream and said, get up. Take the child and his mother and return to Israel. All those who wish him dead have now been gone themselves. And Joseph obeyed. He arose and took the child and his mother and re-entered Israel. But when he'd heard that Herod's son had taken over, he was afraid to go. But then Joseph was directed in a dream to go to the hills of Galilee. And on arriving, he settled in the village of Nazareth, which which fulfilled the words of the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. For God so loved the world that he gave his only and begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this, this is the story of Christmas. So Father, I pray tonight that all the clamor, any strife, the busyness would cease and that we might truly take a moral inventory of our hearts and determine once and for all that we need help. That this is beyond us. That we need someone otherworldly to step in and save us from our sin and from ourselves. We thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you for the birth of our Savior. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here who's yet to respond to your call, you've been pursuing them. I pray, Lord, that they would talk to the Christian, perhaps that invited them tonight, that they would talk to a pastor, that they would talk to the leader of a church, maybe in their own community, if they're from out of town or out of state, and initiate a conversation and trust in you as their Lord and Savior. I pray this would be sealed, this would be stamped, this would be completed, their journey to faith. If you'd like to pray that prayer for the first time tonight, I'm going to invite you to do that following my words. And if there are those here who know Jesus as Lord and have believed and trusted in him for salvation, I'd like to invite you to pray along or after me also. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I've fallen short. I've fumbled the ball. I need help. I've been told that you love me. I believe you. 
I want to follow you. Be my Lord. I'll be your child. I believe you died and rose again for me. And I look forward to heaven with you. In Jesus' name, amen.